0: Hi everyone, this is Tim Ard, and welcome to this week 13 of 2023 podcast series along the Forest Apps Road. I have kind of an interesting one for you. If you go over on our YouTube site, you'll be able to look at the video version of this, and we're calling it Keith Question it uh, was a question that was sent in by keith and more or less uh, i'm calling it also storm trees and it's a, a about a 15 20 minute uh, video that i put together uh, about different storm situations and how to uh, to effectively approach them with the planning process and i think you'll find it quite interesting it uh, this particular uh, podcast that i'm adding or the audio that i'm adding to this uh is is something that um that is, it, it kind of is weird because I've got uh, just some noise and things of storms and things to begin with. But then the, the audio will start. And I've got... Uh Three people on there, my uh, four actually, myself and also Robert Albritton from uh, TreeWorks Unlimited. I've got uh, David Breeden, who is with uh, Arbor Pro Consulting and Training, and also uh, Georgia Tree Masters Jeremy Osteen. And so uh, you can hear there. Descriptions of of talking through uh, removing trees on houses and uh, structures, and I think you'll find it to be uh, quite interesting. Some good thoughts about the the training process uh, when it comes to putting together a plan. So hope you enjoy it. Please let us know if you uh, if you have any comments on it, and uh, we hope to uh, to see you along the Forest Apps Road in the future. And uh, this is Tim Ard wishing you a good sawing. I received a question from Keith, can you speak to the situation where wind thrown trees are hanging over cars, heat pumps, fences, structures, etc. We know that's part of the hazard assessment in the planning process, but what rules of thumb do you suggest regarding an approach to preserve what's underneath? first thing to do when dealing with storm debris and structures or property damage is to plan efficiently to minimize any more residual damage to the property or items. Don't attempt to just cut and run. You must plan completely to mitigate risks.
1: Every cut that you make, you have to essentially create a new plan
2: looking for those right rigging points, you know, to be able to lift or to drift wood off of. And uh, there's time we can speed line stuff off of of a house that we've done before. You know, every job's different. You just got to approach it and come up with two or three different plans. And in case something's not going to work out right, we look for another way to do it. But we We've usually got a couple different plans in our head just in case. But uh, just like any tree that we're going to just climb and take down, we look at what is going to be the worst thing that can happen. If something doesn't go right, cutting this limb, what's the worst thing that can happen? We just automatically try to start working away from that from the get-go. If something happens, it's not going to be bad. We, we look for the worst that can happen and, and work away from that. And if we can do that each time, uh, everything usually works out pretty
0: good someone told me years ago that most dangerous part of the storm is the cleanup process most are injured from incidents that take place in the cleanup rather than the storm itself
3: um the first thing that you know i would do is you know we roll up on sites like that is you know obviously start looking for obstacles and hazards um What, what can we move out of the way and, you know, what's there's, you know, is there power lines on the house, you know, is there power lines down? There's, there's, you know, the safety aspects first of that, you know, I would look for, let's say if it's a house, let's, you know, how much of the tree has gone through the house. When you, when you go to look at the size of the tree, it can tell you what kind of equipment you're going to need when you come out there to the job site you know, six foot in diameter oak on a house, I mean, you're not gonna get that off with a skid steers. I mean, you're gonna need a crane or something like that, something big. But but let's say that, you know, you got a 20 inch pine laying on the house, y- you could easily, you know, use pulleys and things like that, you know, like the 50 and ones to get that tree off of there, you know. Mm-hmm, so there sure. there are ways that you can get a tree off a of structure without using a crane, a crane's not always, you know, the the best move, you know, you might not be able to get a crane back there or a crane on to the location. So sometimes you might have to come up with something and be, you know, use rigging and things like that to get it done. Go out there, that's what I'll be mainly looking at. What can I, what can I, where can I put pulleys at? What trees? to the left or right of the house or even sometimes in front or or wherever the tree is located, you know, you start looking around, what can I use to get this tree off of here? And the main thing about that is, is if a tree is on a house, you're going to have to be on the roof and most of the time. And so if you're going to be on the roof, you still have to be tied in. And so you got to be looking for trees and things like that. There was a tree in the front, there was a huge oak in the front yard. There was a huge oak in the backyard. And so, and there was a pine land on the house. So what I did was I ran a line, a three quarter rope from the f- tree in the front yard to the tree in the backyard. And I pulled it real tight. I got a lot of tension on it. So I had mm-hmm. a pulley and I was tied in off of, and I had a rope. And I was also using another rope to, to rig off of.
0: Larger trees and limbs will require use of rigging and other large equipment to handle the logs, limbs, and weight load on the supporting structures. It was uprooted and there was two two main trunks and then a few small sprigs off of it or something.
2: There was a n- another Leland behind it. I put a yeah. block in it.
0: So that's the block going up in that other cypress. Yep, or yep. another area.
2: Leland cypress. And we done one at a time.
0: Pivot points of support or pivots in the plan, need to be analyzed and utilized to determine what steps can be taken to remove the tree from the structure. Hinges and notches can be used to control limb and trunk movement. It's often surprising how weight can be manipulated with the hinge use. Directions can be possible with added taglines and or rigging. Planned for the standing tree, hazards, lean, escape route, hinge size, then a back cut to achieve the planned placement location. If the tree cannot be felled or limb cut to that particular location, it would have to be taken down from the top. But a storm tree that has to be taken that's leaning over an object or structure has to be planned differently.
2: already thinking, once they send me pictures, okay, how can I rig this out of another tree? Can I get my bucket truck in there? If I can't get my bucket in, now I've got to climb something. Then it comes down, if there's no trees to rig out of, we'll then just do as much as we can. And then sometimes you have to get the crane to come in.
0: Trees not supported by a damaged structure need to be felled or removed to protect the structure and work area. This would be a tree or a large limb of a tree that's hanging towards an object or structure or hanging over the cleanup area. A standing tree or large horizontal tree with a large limb that's vertical needs to have a complete plan. You have to select an area that is wide enough and long enough to place it. A tree that's supported by the ground We generally think about starting at the butt end and going to the top. But a tree that's supported by structure or hanging over a structure, then basically that's kind of the same process as you would do with thinking through a a standing tree. You're doing just a top-down removal, and that's going from the top to the butt, because you've got to be able to reduce, uh, reduce weight. It may be that with the root system still attached, that you may be able to reduce top weight and it stands away from the structure, or that also assists you to be able to pull back from it if you use some type of rigging pull line. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's situations where you could start at the base and remove trunk, not applying pressure onto the the you know, roof liner car or whatever it might be
1: yeah I think you know each situation is a little bit different, you know, when I started out, you know, training, and I learned from you, you know when when we're felling a tree somewhere and then you want to start from the butt up, work up towards the crown, getting weight on the ground. and you know, as I started talking to people who respond to storm damage and you have a tree that is crossing a road and And the butt of the tree may be 30 or 40 yards in the woods obviously they're just cleaning it out of the road and so i had to rethink you know how that worked instead of going into the woods and working the butt they're just going to leave there anyway um on you're right i mean most of the time if the root is if the root ball is still attached in some capacity uh we evaluate what the possibility of that is to roll you know because you're they're usually leaned up against something that's at a severe angle like a roof and the possibility of you removing weight can this roll um and if they're still attached at the base i mean we work from the top down and you know just every piece i mean with the big hardwood trees or they are pines that had some form of like brown rod or something Mm -hmm. uh, up the tree and the wind blows and snaps it off. You see that a lot in pines, but um, you know, so much weight on these hardwoods, you know, you make a cut and that could be several thousand pounds and you're, you know, changing the dynamic. So uh, every time you reduce some weight, you better reevaluate everything. Every cut that you make, you have to essentially create a new plan.
0: But a storm tree that has to be taken that's leaning over an object or structure or laying on an object or structure has to be planned differently. Each cut has to be thought of as a horizontal tree that's supported by the ground, looking for any hazards, The possibility of side to side movement or roll up and down movement, back and forward and then select a cut to be able to sever that location. However, working from the butt to the top is not a preferred method when dealing with structure supported trees and limbs. Controlling weight and movement with rigging to support movement and control. So, working from the top to the butt is the desired direction in this case.
2: Anytime I can take the bigger pieces out first, we always get the biggest one first. Even if I'm having to rig out of a smaller tree, we just take smaller pieces. Limbed it out with a bucket uh, to the far right on the other side of the driveway, I had two blocks in that tree I had one to the right and then one back behind it almost straight behind it well in fact there was a tree that it broke out of the rest of the stuff that was still standing but that tree was uh, about three and a half foot diameter at the mm-hmm. base mm-hmm. and there still was over here I bet there was still 70 foot of base still standing and where that thing broke off at was still two and a half foot across mm-hmm. yeah that whole root was
0: gone and start blocking that down notches and hinges
2: no, sir because then you gotta worry about that whole wall caving in on you. I mean, even if we'd have limbed that out, yeah. again, once you get to a certain point, if you can block it and it, and, and get movement, because if you start cutting from the ground and like that one limb, it, it wasn't six inches long and it was about the size of a tennis ball, but that was just over the very top of the roof and we had some spunk on that GRCS and it wouldn't budge. Made that one extra cut, I said, let me go back up and made you know I told him I said this is the only thing that can be holding it once I cut it um it come on up to the left of your circle okay well yeah that that big piece of all that brick right there I was holding it pushing it back in and it even told the homeowner that that you know we put ribbon up all around you know it was loose and we always one of the first things I do is is mention the wall and then I start looking for cracks and I take pictures of of all the cracks in that brick and You know there's been sometimes you know i tell the customer there's a good chance that stuff's gonna break on out
0: structures supporting the debris may also give way walls of concrete brick and wood are also capable of causing serious injury and death
1: every time you reduce some weight you better reevaluate everything Every cut that you make, you have to essentially create a new plan, but we don't get on roofs without... We just don't put a guy up on a roof walking around with a chainsaw, uh, it's just not safe. Uh, he may get on the roof by using a ladder, but we try in all cases to have a lifeline that's not attached to the tree that's actually being removed. It doesn't matter if you've got storm damage on the ground and you've got storm damage on a structure. Obviously you have to get the the thing that you're removing stable and it can be very unstable and, and the last thing you want to do is be attached to that and uh, just as you know, heavy weight that's up in the air you want to get it down on the ground and obviously it's a lot of weight up on a house you want to get that down on the ground but getting it stable.
0: Don't attempt to just cut and run. You must plan completely. Trees and weights supported by objects can quickly drop, turn, roll, and cause injury or death to you or work area personnel. Notches and hinges are your friend when dealing with heavy and under pressure tree situations. Understand them and practice them to perfection. On a supported tree, Each cut has to be thought of as a horizontal tree that's supported by the ground. You have to be looking for situations of pivots. On trees supported by the ground, working from the butt to the top is usually a preferred method. But trees that are supported, you must work similar to trees that would be taken completely down from a standing removal situation. The support has to be considered differently than that of trees close to the ground more like a standing tree without a placement site long enough and wide enough. The supporting structure has to be protected so as not to cause more damage. We do that by looking at pivots and controlling weight and movement with rigging, so working from the top to the butt is the desired in this case. A standing tree or large horizontal tree with a large limb that's vertical needs to have a complete plan. You have to select an area that's wide enough and long enough to place it, and then start your plan to that particular location. These things should be planned for a standing tree. If the tree cannot be felled or limb cut to that particular location, it would have to be taken down from the top. The support has to be considered differently than that of trees close to the ground, more like a standing tree without a placement site long enough and wide enough. The supporting structure has to be protected so as not to cause more damage to it. We do that by looking at pivots and controlling weight and movement with rigging to support movement and control. So working from the top to the butt is the desired direction when removing supported trees. Is the weight and limbs supported on the structure? Is the root ball still holding up trunk and canopy weight? What angles to the support point is the tree? Is damage to the structure going to be minimized by the cuts made? Is rigging necessary to be able to lift weight off the structure to reduce damage and maintain a safe work area? Will the structure support workers safely on the roof? Are walls stabilized, adjacent trees stable, etc.? Don't create more accidents and injury with the cleanup removal process.